live in a world where we get constantly bombarded with perspectives, teachings and points of view. What to believe, who to listen to. Here I will provide some alternative perspectives. Here you are encouraged to check for yourself, form your own informed opinions and make up your own mind. From the spiritual to the mundane, join me every week as I dive into some of the biggest and smallest issues facing us all. Hello and welcome to the vodcast of Laird Joy. Well, you know something, I just thought it might be fun to have a look since we've had um, a couple of alleged recent disasters in terms of, you know, our the choice of our choice of prime ministers in the UK over the last little while, I thought I'd have a look at what one or two websites says about well two in fact, websites says about some of our um, historic uh, people in those positions. Uh, and so I'm just gonna get right on it just for the poops and giggles, if you know what I mean. And so here we've got um, a, an article, I've got an article here from a website HITC and it is seven worst British Prime Ministers since 1945. Um, and so this, now um, th this particular article is five years old uh, and once we've looked at this, we're going to look at a more recent one, <laughs> just for fun. So so this, it says here, uh, I'll read it out, based on a Leeds University survey of over 80 academics, here are the worst seven UK Prime Ministers since the end of World War II. Um, and so at that point, since 1945, there had been 14 Prime Ministers, five Labour leaders and nine Conservative leaders. After the Brexit vote, um, a survey was released, it says here, in which case, in which, sorry, academics ranked all 13 ex-Prime Ministers. The results of the Leeds University survey can be found in this article. Um, so I'll, I'll just go, I'll, 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 a quick little wander down them. Number seven, uh, in reverse order, I'm assuming this is, Winston Churchill. Now this doesn't include the war years um, because it's since 1945, so therefore this only uh, relates to his term in office between 1951 and 1955. Um, and, and, and so the, the academics gave him a mean score of 5.4. He resigned before the following election to make way for another member of this list, it says. <laughs> okay, um, it, it's, there's not much information given here on each of the Prime Ministers and where these academics, you know, felt that their faff-ups were. Uh, so I'll leave, it to, I'll leave it to your own experience, knowledge and research if you decide to go into it. I just wanted to have a quick share, you know, because it's important to note that, you know, given the given all the hurrah of media over the last few years, over the Prime Ministers we've had, I just thought I would remind us all um, perhaps how terrible some of the older ones have been as well. I'm not sure whether this is going to cheer us up or whether it's just going to give us a bit of perspective. 
Um, uh, perhaps it's just a case that no matter who's in, we're, only, we're always going to blame them for everything. And it's kind of one of those jobs where you're always going to get a blame no matter what you do, no matter how, if you go if, if it goes badly, you're definitely getting blamed. Even if it goes well, you're getting blamed because the opposition is always going to find something to criticise you for. So Winston Churchill did very well in the war. Um, obviously, he helped to win the war along with the Americans and, um, and some very brave souls from uh, across the... Uh, across the Western world, um, but he, he apparently wasn't so great as a Prime Minister afterwards. It seems, you know, that I, I can't remember what I've specifically read about Winston Churchill in the past regarding after the war, except to say that my general feeling in the past from what I've read has been, it seems that he was a good war leader, but he wasn't a good Prime Minister in peacetime. Okay, so he came in number seventh. Number six was James Callaghan, 1976 to 1979. Um, Callahan took over, it says here, as Labour leader and Prime Minister. Um, Callahan took over Labour, Labour leader and Prime Minister following Harold Wilson's surprise re resignation in 1976. Now, he had a weak government, it would seem, you know. Um, I mean, he also, it doesn't say this here, but he also, he also kind of reigned um, during, a, during a period when the the unions in the United Kingdom had an awful lot of power and there were all sorts of strikes and what have you. Um, let's, it does say something about a little bit this here. Labour soon lost its majority, which was followed by the Liberal Pact and then support from the SNP for the more weak economic growth, high inflation and strikes all likely contributed to its low ranking of 5.1 according to the UK government's records um you know but really i mean the thing that i remember most i'm 58 now so i can i can remember the strikes i left school in 1979 you know and i i, I remember all the stories in the papers about um all the strikes the general strikes the you know the minor strikes uh, that that you know uh, obviously that hit margaret thatcher as well um, you know, British Leyland uh, going out on strike all the time. There was all sorts of stuff going on with the unions going out on strike at the drop of a hat. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's even songs that were written about it and sung around about that time when people, the, there was a song, I'm trying to remember what it was called, I'm a Union Man, I think it was called. There was a song called I'm a Union Man, um, you know, that's what I am or something like that. And it was, and it was all that was the culture. It was strike, 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 you know, and of course it is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's important to have the right to strike when, you know, when you are being genuinely mistreated, but you don't have to go and strike because the coffee machine breaks down. And there was, and, and this was the kind of situation that was prevalent during the time of James Callaghan's um, reign as Prime Minister, in my opinion, from my memory. Number five, Edward Heath, 1970-1974. You know, I, I was a bit young then to think about, to, to really know anything about him. I will just kind of scroll past here, see where Gordon Brown, we, many of us will remember Gordon Brown, 2007-2010. The only other Labour leader, it says, to have made this list is Gordon Brown. So most of the people on this list then are um, Conservative. Um, so... It says the most recent Labour Prime Minister took over from Tony Blair in 2007 and was in power when the world economy collapsed and the UK fell into recession. Well, I suppose, yeah, he, he would merit being on a list then. Uh, David Cameron, 2010 to 2016. 
Now, uh, nice picture of David Cameron there with his mother Mary um, in the Royal Box, that Reuters picture. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this and you're not viewing the vodcast, then, you know, this is why I'm kind of giving you a little description of what we're looking at. I am reading from these articles. Um, you know, this isn't all. It, obviously, if I say something, it's my opinion. I'm saying that that's from my memory or my opinion, but I'm uh, in part at least reading from what it says in these articles that I'm sharing with you guys now. Um, it, from the HITC.com website, this one is. So, just to give credit, um, it's not too hard to imagine it says why Cameron makes it as one of the worst three Prime Ministers since 1945. He held an EU referendum which backfired and became... Of course, this is um, this is on the, assu on the assumption that you're a Remainer, of course. If you happen to be a Brexit supporter, then you'll, then you'll like the fact that you had this referendum. Um, so it's, it's all really a matter of perspective, isn't it? But he's he's the third worst Prime Minister I caught in this. Alec Douglas Home, 1963 to 1964. So he's the second worst Prime Minister, apparently. He was he was Prime Minister until the year I was born in 1964. Um, he led the Conservatives to, the, to defeat in 1964. What did, what did it say here? Douglas Home took over as Prime Minister when Harold Macmillan left the post in 1963. Well, he didn't last all that long then. His short-lived, although Liz Truss certainly managed to beat that, his short-lived term, uh, short term as Prime Minister likely explains his poor ranking in the survey. His ultimate score was 3.8. Okay, so the worst Prime Minister, Anthony Eden, 1955 to 1957. So that, so that, that apparently is the first one. Um, after years of waiting, Winston Churchill's shadow, Eden finally became Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister in 1955 when Churchill resigned due to ill health. Um, he may have strengthened the Conservatives' majority in an election when he took over, but Eden's premiership was short-lived and ended in failure thanks to the Suez crisis in which Eden attempted to take the Suez Canal. Okay, well that kind of uh, explains that then. Now, uh, you know, there's a note here saying where should Theresa May fit in because they've not included, included her in this list, but I'm going to come away from this list now just because... Uh, we now have an, uh, the other website I took a, a look at was the top 10 website, thetop10s.com, if anyone wants to have a look at it, just to give credit to where I'm getting this from. The top 10 worst Prime Ministers of the United Kingdom, and according to this, at the moment, it seems to be a live vote, you can go, you can, you, 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 it does, well, the, can you do it, oh. Yes, you can. it's a live vote, so you can actually go in and vote. And at the moment, at the moment, according to um, according to this, the top ten worst prime, the, the the number one worst prime minister. Sorry, uh, I should I should stop blethering. Keep going here, Margaret Thatcher. Okay, Margaret Hilda Thatcher, Baroness Thatcher, was a British stateswoman and politician who was a prime minister of the United Kingdom from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen ninety. So she did pretty well, and she did a few. She did a couple of terms before she was forced out. Now, so so I'll do, I'll give you a couple of the comments here. Thatcher made being greedy and selfish acceptable. Thatcher was divisive. Um, something else. What what is that here? We've got a despicable leader who turned Britain into the battleground it has continued to be 
the police versus the miners, the rich versus the poor. So this is typical of the um, comments about Margaret Thatcher. I'm going. I'm going to uh, caveat this, uh, you know, negativity towards Margaret Thatcher with a little balanced perspective from me. Um, if you remember what I said about Callaghan's previous reign and the issues with the, uh, you know, the unions having far too much power and they were striking for the you know at the drop of a hat now i'm 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 actually not a conservative you know um i'm not labor either i kind of lie somewhere in between in my personal perspectives i suppose you could call me a floating voter um so i i don't you know um subscribe uh you know to conservative politics per se although i, I do i do quite like some of the um some of the ways of thinking of conservative people on a personal level in terms of their you know they tend to have very good moral values and personal standards of behavior and things like that um but i, I don't subscribe to all the politics um but you know i have to caveat this particular comment a despicable leader who turned britain into a battleground it has continued to be the police versus the miners the rich versus the poor the aspirational at the expense of the vulnerable a shame on our nation and is only second to Johnson in terms of sheer inability to empathise with the people she led. You know, I don't know who's made the comment. You know, uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a valid comment because it's, it's coming from someone who genuinely believes that and, and, and I'm not going to disparage the comment it's, in itself. You know, it's someone's opinion. What I'm, go what I'm going to, what I'm going to say is that in terms of Margaret Thatcher, you know, the unions at that time did have too much power, in my opinion. They literally were going out on strike at the at the drop of a hat. A, a, you know, a, a, a coffee machine would break down or, you know, the you know people, they went on, on strike because of, I seem to remember something about controls over bathroom visits and things like that, which is actually a little bit out of order, you know, little, you know, having strict controls on bathroom visits. You know, on, on the other hand, uh, you know, in certain circumstances, it might be helpful uh, to, to have at least some kind of monitoring, um, I suppose, so that something isn't being abused. You know, you don't want people going to the toilet every five minutes and sneaking out for cigarettes every five minutes. And I think a lot of that was going on, but it was getting put down to bathroom visits and then everybody went out on strike because the companies cut down on bathroom visits. And it was all over the new newspapers, uh, how dare companies stop people from even going to the toilet. Um, and, and there might have been some truth in it, but there was also a lot of truth in, 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 the, in the fact that the whole thing was getting abused for a while and that the unions were literally dropping tools and walking out at the drop of a hat. Um, and so Margaret Thatcher, um, for all her ills and things that people that she did that people really hated, you know, something she did need to do, and it was only really someone like her that could have done it, was that she did, you know, uh, she did fight and win against the miners. And she did fight and win against the, um, the you know, the the worst of the union activities of the time, the secondary picketing and all that kind of thing needed to stop. That said, um, you know, a further caveat, it is very important, as I've said, that unions have to be able to have a proper amount of influence um, within the workplace and with their employers to ensure that uh, employees are always treated with respect and treated well. You know, but this was just something that needed to happen. Some things you did that I hated, 
you know, was uh, me coming from Scotland, of course, something she did that I hated was starting the poll tax in Scotland. And there isn't any, there are very few people, uh, Scottish people, I think, who will ever thank Margaret Thatcher for starting the poll tax in Scotland. It just felt as if she was using the Scottish people as a guinea pig for a new tax. Um, and it's possibly, you know, one, the one, one of the things that Margaret Thatcher really did for the SNP and the independence movement was start poll tax in Scotland because that really gave a boost to the SNP because that gave them so much ammunition to shout against the union, to shout not just against the Conservatives, but to shout against the union, to shout against all that and to say it's about time we broke away. And they did start to become slowly and surely more powerful, I think, and more influential in Scotland, I think, after Margaret Thatcher started the poll tax in Scotland. And that's something that I definitely think she shouldn't have done. But we do have to move on. I've spent long enough on Maggie. And, you know, who's next? Bojo, apparently the second worst Prime Minister according to this list. So you can see, you know, this is a more up-to-date list now. This one, this list is, you know, live, if you like. It's up-to-date and it looks completely different from the five-year-old list, list we've just looked at. So a, a shameful charlatan who will um, say anything to gain a like. Not only the worst PM ever, but a sad reflection on our broken society. Um, someone else says, not much to add that's already been said. That incompetent, sorry, total incompetent who's a national embarrassment on the international stage. Someone else says, compulsive liar who shouldn't be left in charge of a block of cheddar. <laughs> which is quite funny um, so so that's Bojo uh, so a lot of people don't like Bojo and of course there was a, um, the, the, there was there was there was a controversies with Boris as well over the um, parties in number 10 while everybody was locked down so we couldn't go and see our granny but they were having parties in number 10 and he was slicing cake you know um, I mean there's always different sides to stories and things like that but he just didn't make himself look good by doing it letting it let alone letting it leak out and um, so so he didn't do himself any favours there for sure number three David Cameron so what are they saying? An arrogant, destructive creature. He promised a European referendum and as a statesman should have represented the voice of the people. Instead, left politics completely and left his country in the mess in which he created. This is true. He did. He, he, he went ahead and did the referendum, then 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 um, didn't bother to tidy up afterwards. So I suppose uh, you know he kind of deserves his number three spot in my opinion. I'm, I'm just going to say that. Um, number four, Neville Chamberlain. This guy literally declared war on a group of jobs who are taking. Um, land like heck and then doesn't do a good job after, of the war of the war effort oh well okay yeah um so i think i think this particular comment is about uh you, you know neville chamberlain's influences during his you know during his time uh before the second world war he's been accused of you, you know quite a lot of different different things i wasn't around at the time i don't want to make judgments about it i've read a little bit about it but you know other than that i'm literally not going to say anything 
Um, but it is a good thing that we ended up with Winston Churchill, I think, is, is, is I think the thing we wouldn't have wanted to start and end the war was Neville. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. So Theresa May is in this list. She wasn't in the last one. Number five, Brexit didn't have to be a disaster. We had options like Norway and Switzerland, etc., etc. So yeah, I mean, Theresa May has been accused of being a Remainer that um, you know that that was that that became leader after David Cameron left, and then you know continued to allow the House of Parliament and the Westminster establishment to just delay and dither and delay, as Bojo said about the about 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 Bre you know Brexit, no, dither and delay, dither and delay. You know, and just not do it. And um, the, obviously, the political elites in the Westminster media establishment didn't want Brexit. And uh, Houses of Parliament, most of the people there were doing anything and everything to screw Brexit over and not make it happen. Um, and Theresa May was PM during that particular tenure. So she didn't really, um, if her job was supposed to be to finish the job that, uh, you know, that the referendum started then she didn't seem to have any intention of doing it so i think she you know not whether or not you whether or not you believe in the brexit vote then you know you surely have to acknowledge that she did you know um she, she did nothing to further the result of the referendum and on that basis she, she deserves a place in this list but you, you may if you happen to you know be a remainer um want to thank her for it it's all down to your individual perspective isn't it we're, we're all allowed our opinion James Callahan. Okay, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I, there's no comments here to say. One person seems to say conservative, what can I say? So you can kind of understand what that person's point of view is. And we'll leave it at that. But he's in at number six. Number seven, Tony Blair. It's kind of interesting to me that Tony Blair isn't higher up the list. Um, because he is, he has been called the most hated person in the country and mainly because he served as Britain's lapdog as opposed to bulldog to the United States um, during the Iraq war and what have you. Um, and on that note I'm just going to fly past Tony because I can't think of anything useful to say about him. Number eight Gordon Brown. Um, what are they saying? No words can describe this man. Uh, destroy, destroyed our economy. He is vile. Now, there's a reason why I'm doing this, you, you know, because this, this is taking care of most of the Prime Ministers we've had since the war. You know, if you think about it, you know, all these Prime Ministers, so many people have, have, have got hate for these Prime Ministers, nothing but negativity towards any of them. Destroyed our, our state pension, taking it from one, one of the best to the worst in the developed world. Sold our gold for nothing, etc. And so there's uh, lots of complaints about Gordon Brown. Robert Peel, the only comment, somebody say, someone says, I hate this guy, and that's it, and <laughs> he's there. <laughs> you know, now, so um, Robert Peel is credited, of course, with starting the police force, isn't it? So they were originally called Peelers, and he founded the Metropolitan Police in London. It could, maybe the person who hates, the person who hates this guy just doesn't like the police, who knows? You know, but I think, I think personally that this guy deserves a lot of credit. I do personally have a lot of respect for the need for law of law and order. I do think that it should be minimal. Um, it shouldn't be what the police do now. They should not be policing opinions. They should be policing the streets. Uh, they should be picking up robbers and criminals and rapists and murderers um, and, uh, you know, vandals and bad people who do that. They should not be spending all their budget on um, sitting in front of a computer screen 
policing Twitter accounts and Twitter feeds. Um, so that's just my opinion on that. But the the vision that Robert Peel had had of the police, you know, I, I I'm up for that, and and I really I I I would like them to go back to that, and I truly hope that they they will at some point decide to eliminate politics from policing and go back to do the job that I think they should be doing. Number 10, Anthony Eden. The, so the 10th worst Prime Minister according to top 10s, Anthony Eden. So I don't I don't know this guy either. I've heard the name, but that's all I know about him. So he, he became the Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister in 1955 when Churchill resigned due to ill house health. It says he may have strengthened the Conservative majority in the election when he took over, but Eden's premiership was short-lived and ended in failure thanks to the Suez crisis. So, of course, this, that he was also in the other list. Um, so that's the top 10 worst Prime Ministers. So, you know, the thing is, what, what would I, you know, what I feel like saying about that, you know, the it doesn't really matter what, what particular decade you happen to be living in. It doesn't seem to matter, you know, um, who the political party is. Most of the time it's Labour Conservative in the UK. It's been a long time, I think, since um, since the Liberal Party had a Premier. Um, it's, um, uh, they're always hated. It does seem, it does seem that, uh, you know, a political party gets into power and then the, you know, they, they elect a Prime Minister and they sometimes do well. They have like a honeymoon period and by middle of the term, you know, things aren't all going according to plan. Uh, you know, the spanner's been in the works with a couple of things. Uh, they maybe get little rebellions here or there from their own backbenches, uh, you know, you know, uh, and they'll get lots of criticism, obviously, from the opposition. And the criticism from there and from the media takes its toll over time. And by the third quarter of the premiership, the the, premier, the prime minister is normally royally hated, and it's uh, and you know going down in guesstimation of of most in the electorate, and you know the and they're and they're all shouting for someone new. So, so you know, this is only my opinion. This is only my perspective of what I've seen over the years. It's not, you know, you can disagree with me if you like about this and, and say, you know, give me examples if you like about, you know, times when it hasn't worked out like that. You know, this is only an opinion. It's only my perspective. You know, that's that. That's all it is. We can all have that. So, so here it is. Two websites that have given the seven, the top seven or the top ten worst prime ministers of the of the United Kingdom since 1945. So who should we have instead? That's the thing. Who should we have instead? I mean, would be would really be as well, wouldn't we? Would be as well have Larry the Cat if we want someone who we're all going to like and we're not going to hate. We'd be as well have Larry the Cat, and, and I, had, I I I have said this over the last week or so, um, before Rishi got. I'm not going to say he got voted in because he clearly he clearly didn't. He just got in by virtue of the fact that you know no one else stood to the uh, actually stood up against him to the point where uh, they were able to have a contest. You know, so he was voted in effectively by the 100 plus um, ministers who backed him and allowed him to stand. Um, and the fact that the only other contender decided not to at the last minute. So, so, but he's not been voted in by the Conservative Party members and he's not been voted in by the people of the United Kingdom. So, 
in my point of view, he's not been voted in. I don't know what you think, but this is just my perspective. So I'm now looking at Larry the Cat, and I'm wondering, after all these Prime Ministers, as hated as they've been, you know, how how would how how is Larry the Cat's reputation shape up against, you know, the um these 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 Prime Ministers? But here we are then with Larry the Cat, and this is why I think that Larry the Cat has got a better reputation than any of the Prime Ministers that we've had since the Second World War. Uh, and this is the Wikipedia entry for Larry the Cat. Larry is a domestic cat who serves as Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office of the United Kingdom at 10 Downing Street, having been appointed in 2011. And he is a brown and white tabby, believed to be have born, excuse me, believed to have been born in January 2007. By July 2016, when Theresa May became Prime Minister, he had developed a reputation of being violent in his interactions with other local mousers, especially the Foreign Office's much younger cat, Palmerston. <laughs> so Larry likes to stand up for himself and he doesn't take no um, shit. <laughs> now that's I think that's I, I think that makes him a strong a strong boy and he's not and he's you know he could be at that podium and talking to the opposition and not you know not backing down every time the opposition at the moment Keir Starmer opens his mouth. So now one one of the, the, the most important thing I think about Larry the Cat is that Larry the Cat has has managed to see out four Prime Ministers and he's now on his fifth one. So he's been in 10 Downing Street since David Cameron and he was there with David Cameron, he was there with Theresa May, um, he was there with Boris Johnson, he was there for Liz Truss's rather short Premiership and he's now there seeing in Rishi Sunak. And he's probably going to outlast Rishi Sunak, Sunak, I would think, as well. And I wonder who you'll, I wonder who his next Prime Minister will be that you'll get in. It could be Larry the Cat. My personal opinion is, would be as well with Larry the Cat as any other um, Prime Ministers we've had since the Second World War. So, the, so he has official duties at 10 Downing Street. Uh, he greets guests at the house, inspect, he inspects the security defences, and he tests antique furniture for napping quality. And he says, <laughs> and he's contemplating a solution to the mouse occupancy of the house and has told Tennings Down Street that such a solution is still in the tactical planning stage. Now, in my, uh, now to me, that uh, seems like Larry is doing at least as well uh, with the mousing issue at 10 Downing Street as the government is doing with the immigration issue in the UK. So uh, his, uh, you know, so that kind of covers his work as um, chief mouser. He also has territorial disputes with um, other animals in the area, and he stands up for himself, uh, you know, very well in that capacity. So what does it say? Former Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg has described an internal Downing Street security door which requires microphone contact for access as being increasingly not for security but to keep the cats out from the end of the building, to, from one end of the building to the other. <laughs> so, so a cat-proof barrier, barrier was erected 
to prevent Larry and his neighbour Freya from getting into the Foreign Office <laughs> after February 2013, a cat-proof barrier was erected to prevent Larry and his neighbour Freya from getting into the Foreign Office and complaints from staff members with allergies. Um, so Foreign Secretary William Hague later asked that the, carry, that the barrier be taken down. Um, so, 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 so he really does get his way at the end of the day as well, doesn't he? So they tried to stop him getting into the Foreign Office, but it didn't work because, because you know, um, because Wilm Haig asked for the, the barrier to be taken down. In December 2015, former Home Secretary David Blunkett suggested that Larry should be asked to increase his responsibilities to include the Palace of Westminster and at the time was being overrun by rodents. So I, I contend that um, between the territorial disputes that he has won in 10 Downing Street and, and the Foreign Office, his work as Chief Mouser being more, more efficient than the government's work um, in, in dealing with immigration. Uh, you, you know, I think he, he's having more success in his time at 10 Downing Street than any Prime Minister, any time Prime Minister at all since the Second World War. Uh, so my vote for next Prime Minister goes to Larry the Cat. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share far and wide so others can benefit too. And download the podcast audio so you can listen again, whenever you like, wherever you like. You can also subscribe to my channel, view and comment on all vodcast episodes by visiting lairdjohn.com. Thanks for listening to the vodcast of Laird John. I've been your host, John McVeigh.